0: Welcome to Axios Pro Rata, a podcast that takes just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. I'm Dan Prokopenko. On today's show, a conservative congressman sues Twitter for defamation, and Disney gets even bigger. But first, the Fed gets political. The Federal Reserve today will wrap up two days of policy meetings, with Chair Jay Powell then making public comments and taking reporter questions. Expectations are that he will not change interest rates, but those in the room will watch for clues on where he thinks the economy is headed and if the Fed will stop selling off all the bonds that it bought during the financial crisis. But way more interesting than the monetary policy minutia is Powell himself, who's been on a campaign. campaign to make the Fed more public and arguably more political. Here's how Axios markets editor Dion Rebowen described it this morning, quote, Powell has clearly set his sights on changing the public's perception of the Fed from a faceless private bank that upholds the interests of corporate America to a source of economic growth that supports job creation. So this is why you might have seen Powell on a recent episode of 60 Minutes or heard him on NPR's Marketplace. Neither of those things are in line with past Fed chairs, at least outside of times of crisis, because those folks have generally tried to keep public comments to a minimum, worried that they are liable to be interpreted to the point of misinterpretation and unintentionally causing economic troubles. What remains unclear, though, is why Powell has changed course from his predecessors, or more specifically, if he is reacting to pressure from President Trump, who blamed the Fed's interest rate hikes for last year's stock market swoon, and who has pretty openly indicated some regret at picking Powell in the first place. If that's what's really happening, it is just another instance of not normal becoming normalized in Trump's Washington, D.C. In 15 seconds, we'll go deeper with Axios Market's Editor Dion Rebouin. But first, this: there is more news out there than ever before. But these days, it's harder than ever to find it and to know what to trust. Axios
1: AM takes the effort out of getting smart by synthesizing the ten stories that will drive the day and telling you why they matter. Subscribe at signup.axios.com. And now back to the Pro Rata podcast.
0: We're joined now by Axios Markets editor Dion Reboin. So Dion, before getting into Powell specifically, give me a basic explanation about why non-finance people should care about what the Fed does or doesn't do.
1: Well, basically the Fed sets the floor for the economy. So you think about getting a mortgage or taking out loans for a a car uh, when you want to start a business. All those rates basically come from where the Fed sets overnight interest rates. Uh, The Fed also is kind of the watchdog for overseeing the financial industry. They set a lot of the rules, make sure the banks are following those rules uh, by imposing these things called stress tests. So the Fed is basically Responsible for making sure the economy runs as well and as smoothly as it possibly can.
0: So, from your perspective, you argue today that Powell is more, not only more public-facing, but seems to be arguably more political than his predecessors. Is, is that simply because he's going on TV, or what else is he doing, kind of behind the scenes? Yeah,
1: he's also making a number of speeches. He actually went to Mississippi, this little town with uh, 2,000 people, home of Mississippi Valley State, which, if you if you recall, is the alma mater of the late, <laughs> the great Jerry Rice, who is still alive. Uh, It's a small, historically black college, and uh, a Fed chair hasn't visited there. No one from the Fed has visited there in quite some time. So he's going out. He's making these very plain language appeals to regular people saying, hey, you know what? I I see the during this recovery that we've had since the financial crisis, a lot of regular Americans have missed out. He's speaking in a way that is, is not only sort of meant to endear himself, but meant to endear the Fed to regular people who, you know, every now and then they hear about what the Fed did wrong or, you know, they hear Trump say, oh, the Fed is is destroying the economy or ruining the stock market. Now he's trying to put a,
0: a counter to that and say, no, no, the Fed actually is is doing these things. We hear you. We see you. And he's also on Capitol Hill. Fed chairs generally outside of you know times when there's financial crisis generally aren't walking the halls of Congress and meeting with individual congressmen very often. But he is.
1: Yeah. In his first year, he actually took uh, four times as many meetings uh, with lawmakers as Yellen did, which was significantly more meetings than, uh, than you go back to Greenspan, certainly. And Bernanke, before the economy crashed, had taken far fewer meetings with these lawmakers as well. So he's really
0: ratcheted that up. Uh, on in addition to the, the speaking to the public, you mentioned President Trump. So Trump has taken uh, it, it's not quite Jeff Sessions level, but he has taken uh, <laughs> Jay Powell to task a bunch of times. Do you believe this is Powell kind of independent? In other words, if Obama had named Powell, he would be doing the same thing, or is he being reactive to Trump and his tweets? Mm, That's a good question. I think it's both. I think he really feels, and this goes back to Bernanke.
1: If you read Ben Bernanke's book. I have not. Two Fed chairs ago. uh, Well, he talks about just the grilling and the beating that he took from Congress every day uh, when he, after the crisis hit and, and during that whole time, he was really turned over a barrel and the Fed was kind of made the scapegoat for why all these things had happened, for why the financial crisis had happened. Why didn't you guys see this coming? Why didn't you do more to prevent this? Blah, blah, blah. And I think Powell has seen that, And he's now trying to get ahead of the next recession that could come. Because as we've seen, President Trump is getting out ahead of that, too. He wants to be able to say, no, it wasn't my trade war with China. It wasn't this tax cut that I passed in the ninth year of an economic recovery. It wasn't the tariffs that I put on. It wasn't the the war that I started with Mexico or the trade war that I started with Mexico. Uh, Just to be
0: clear, Jerry Rice is a Alive, we're not a war with Mexico. <laughs> Continue.
1: Yes. All of those things are true. But, you know, it wasn't any of these things that I did. It wasn't any of my policies. It was the Fed. This, you know, and sure, it was the guy that so I appointed. So are saying Powell but, is,
0: as? I mean, and the job of the Fed is arguably to kind of protect the U.S. economy, but are you saying that Powell also is very interested in protecting the institution of the Fed and the institutional reputation absolutely. of the Fed? Absolutely. And
1: I think he feels it's under attack, and very much rightly so, because he's seen the writing on the wall. He saw what happened last time. And with this president and this Congress, with our country more divided and more polarized politically than it's ever been, and the president already putting that
0: kind of target on his back, I think he rightly sees this could be a real problem for us if things start to go south. So Trump's big argument, particularly last year when the stock market overall went down, was Fed's been raising interest rates, been raising them way too much, thus stocks going down, thus problems for the economy. Was Trump right? Was Trump wrong?
1: Trump is right and he's wrong so again when Trump picked Powell this was Powell's plan he had laid this out very clearly This was and Powell came from private equity he was a private equity guy coming into that. well he was but he also was on the Fed Powell has been a member of the Fed board for quite some time he's been on board he made clear that this was his plan to raise interest rates to this level and in fact further than this level to get to what's known as sort of the neutral rate of of interest which people argue all the time about what that is no one really knows but the idea is it's about 3-3.5% because if you have inflation at 2%, you want interest rates so that people aren't just taking out free money. You know all the MA activity, a lot of these big companies buying other companies, merging with other companies. That's largely a result of cheap money in yep. terms of you can borrow money for essentially free. So the more free money you can borrow, why not just keep borrowing free money? So as that's coming up, you want interest rates to make businesses kind of think twice before they just
0: take out money. To- but Powell and the Fed have now stopped raising rates, at least for now. the The markets have been up again this year. Unemployment continues to be low so i'll go back to this i guess one more time which is is powell from your perspective is he too beholden to the tweets of his not quite boss because trump can't fire him officially but the person who who appointed him
1: yeah and i really do want to make a caveat on that trump can't fire him officially but trump also can't declare an emergency in mexico and build a wall so
0: again that's a good (laughs) note to end on (laughs) dianne rebowen thank you so much for joining us my final two right after this
1: Axios gives you the news and analysis you need to get smarter faster on the most important topics. In our unique smart brevity format, we cover topics from politics to science and media to tech. Subscribe to get smarter faster at signup.axios.com. And now, back to the ProRata Podcast.
0: Now it's time for my final two, and first up is Devin Nunez, the California congressman who this week sued Twitter for $250 million. He claims defamation and includes a pair of parody accounts, one of which is Devin Nunes' mom, as defendants. So this dominated daytime for Fox News yesterday, but the lawsuit itself doesn't seem to have too much merit. First, there is no First Amendment claim here. That only applies to governments, not private companies like Twitter. Second, Nunes is a public figure, he's a congressman, which subjects him to all sorts of comments that may hurt his feelings. Third, it is hard to argue, as he did, that Twitter accounts with just a couple thousand followers are the reason he won re-election by a narrower margin than in past years. But even if that was true, that's still not illegal. And finally, Disney today officially completed its $71 billion purchase of Fox, marking Rupert Murdoch's exit from Hollywood and putting Disney atop the entertainment industry mountain. Or, as the New York Times put it, Disney moves from Behemoth to Colossus. Not only is that a big problem for other legacy studios with whom Disney has competed for years, but also for streaming services like Netflix, as Disney plans to move strong into that area. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Adam Grassi and Tim Shovers, have a great spring. Yes, spring officially begins today. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Pro Rata podcast.